first one is in Genesis chapter 15. I'm going to ask you to find that for me. And as usual, I'm going to ask you to stand for the reading of God's word. Genesis chapter 15 from verse 7 to 11. The other passage of scripture will be Ecclesiastes 10 verse 7. Just one verse. I will read that for you so you don't necessarily have to find it. But Genesis chapter 15 Verse 7 to 11. I know you have your handouts, but there are many scriptures that I'm going to give you that are not on the handout that you're going to need to write down and go home and read. This is going to be very, 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 very good. I believe it's going to be life-changing this morning. And somebody is going to um, step into their God-given destiny and purpose this morning, beginning today, and fulfill God's mandate on their lives. So Genesis 15 from 7 to 11. Just stand with me and lift your Bibles up in the air. Um, hallelujah, and let's just say our declaration. Uh, say with me that this is God's word, not Pastor Omar's word. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, my ears are opened, and I better not go to sleep. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me just read for you as you remain standing. Verse 7 says, Then the Lord told him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans. To give you this land as your possession. But Abraham replied. O sovereign Lord. How can I be sure that I will actually possess it? That's what we're going to answer this morning. How can I be absolutely sure that I will possess that which God has prepared for me? Next verse says. The Lord told him. In other words, this is how we are going to possess it. Bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. So Abraham presented all these to him and killed them, meaning he was making a sacrifice. Then he cut each animal down the middle and laid the halves side by side. He did not, however, cut the birds in half. Some vultures swooped down. To eat the carcasses, but Abraham, Abraham chased them away. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 7 says, I have seen servants and horses while princes walk on the ground like servants. Heavenly Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for your word. Your word is truth. We ask you today to open our eyes to see your truth. Open our ears to hear your voice. Our minds to understand your word and our hearts to receive everything that you have in store for us. God, may we be more than mere hearers of your word this morning. May we also be doers of your word. May we live in complete obedience to the voice of the living God. Let nothing hinder your word from touching and transforming us. Spirit of the living God, change us from the inside out. I pray that this morning someone will begin to walk into their God-given purpose and to walk in their destiny in the name of Jesus. We thank you and we give you all the honor, all the glory, 
All the power and dominion is yours and yours alone in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. So, so the man Abraham called by God was confused about his future. God says, listen, I have some things that I want you to possess. And Abraham got confused. Really? How am I going to get this? God made a promise to him concerning his destiny. But then God says, for you to actually get into the promise that I have for you, you have to do something sacrificial. You have to make a sacrifice. That's how you're going to get into this destiny. That's how you're going to possess that which I have prepared for you. And so Abraham set about doing it. Abraham said, okay, this is a good deal. This is a very good deal. I get to fulfill God's destiny on my life, God's purpose on my life, and all I have to do is to make a sacrifice. <coughs> Excuse me. If you're coming to the New Testament, let me just help you to set, this, set the foundation. The New Testament teaches us that Jesus Christ is the ultimate sacrifice. He's the high priest and he's a sacrifice. So what Abraham did in the Old Testament, you know, you talk about type and anti-type, shadow and foreshadow, all of these things in Scripture. So what Abraham did in the, in the Old Testament by making sacrifice, the father of faith made a sacrifice. Jesus Christ, the righteous one, made a sacrifice. So Abraham had to make a sacrifice to enter into his destiny. Jesus Christ in the New Testament has already sacrificed his life so that we can walk into our destiny. Amen? You, 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 you get what is happening? Because the, 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 the Old Testament is Jesus hidden. The New Testament is Jesus revealed. So what Abraham did in the Old Testament is revealed in Jesus in the New Testament. So you and I don't have to get these animals to make a sacrifice to enter into our purpose and destiny. Why? Because Jesus Christ made a sacrifice already. Alright? So Abraham in the Old Testament complied. But some strange birds came to fight against the sacrifice. Now if you read the account of Abraham, this is the first time birds are showing up. All this time the man they are around, you know. And as soon as the man got in time destiny, some birds ready to come come. Take where they look up. Think. They came to fight against the channel of his destiny. The same thing happens in us in the New Testament. There are things, there are birds who are fighting the channel of our destiny. There are birds out there who are trying to stop us from getting into our God-given purpose and destiny. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. So at his old age, Abraham fought against these birds. In fact, the scripture said he chased them away. So today, we're going to learn how to chase the birds who are after our destiny. How to chase them away. You understand me? You have some vultures. Who want to come. And as soon as God. I'm telling you. As soon as God about to open the door for you. As soon as God is about to bring you into. Your fulfillment in life. And your purpose in life. They just turn up. All the while they were nowhere to be found. But the moment you're about to get your breakthrough. The birds. The vultures turn up. Even in old age though. 
It means that whether you're young or old, you can still fulfill your purpose and your destiny. But no matter where you are, you're going to have to fight because the birds don't care about your age. It means that we have many satanic vultures fighting over our destinies and we should not allow them to succeed. So come on, just put your hand on your chest and say, no bird is going to eat up my destiny. I am going to chase them away. How, how they chase bird? What they say? Shoo. Come on. Come on. Just shoo. Just come on. Just, just by faith. Just, just chase some bird. Yeah. Don't find it in my direction though. Just, just find, them, find them somewhere else. However, listen. The, the issue is if these birds succeed, the result in our lives will be what Solomon saw. What did Solomon see? Ecclesiastes 10 verse 7 says, I have seen servants and horses. When birds come and they eat up whatever your destiny, what brings into your destiny, it says, I have seen servants and horses while princes walk and ground like servants. In other words, we are a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. We are a holy nation. What it means is that we are princes unto God. We are a kingdom of priests and princes unto God. And so what happened, Solomon is saying, listen, if you allow the birds to come, while you should have been on horses riding, but because of that you're walking on the ground like you're a servant, you're living below your level of potential because you have allowed the bird to come and destroy your destiny. You're not living your real life. You're not being who God purposed you to be. So then you're saying that, Pastor, what is destiny? What is destiny? Destiny is the things which God has preordained for our future. Before you were delivered from the womb, you were predestined by God. Before you were in your mother's womb, God had a purpose for you. God had a plan for you. God had a destiny for your life. And it is that demanded your creation. And I always tell people, you're not here to find something to do. God created you because you're something that demanded your creation. You didn't come here to find purpose. You came here with purpose. You came to earth with purpose because long ago God preordained something for your future. Your destiny is the program of God for your life. What is God's program? What is God's plan? That which we were created to be and that which we were created to do. What is my destiny? It is the thing that God created me to do. And the thing that God created me to be. What is my destiny? It is preordained by God. It means that it is fixed in heaven. It is set in heaven. God has set some things up. And he said, listen, I'm sending you to earth to walk this out. To live this out. My destiny is a fixed order of things. It is an invisible necessity. It is the original intention of God and that intention is recorded in heaven. 
If my destiny is recorded in heaven, it means that it is great because it's from the heavenlies. It means then that God, listen, my life is designed to fulfill greatness. That is why you are not ordinary. You are not special. You are exceptional. You are one of a kind. Not one in a million. Because there is a recorded destiny in heaven. It means that if it is in heaven, only greatness exists there. So that which God has for me has a dimension of greatness if I live it out. It means your greatest life is when you live out God's program on your life. The best life you can ever live. The most fulfilling life you can ever live. The best you will feel and be at the end of your days on earth is when you have become what God created you to be and you have done what God created you to do. That's it. What is the whole purpose of my existence? To be who God created me to be and to do what God has purposed me to do. Anything else outside of that is a big joke. My destiny is the purpose of God for me on the earth. It is the reason why I was born. So God ordained that we be princes and be a blessing to our generation. But the enemy wants us to be servants. The enemy is saying that, listen, no, I can't afford that. I can't afford that. I have to find a way to abort that, to distort that, to sabotage that, to stop that. So these birds want to overrule what God has ordained for us. So come on again, put your hand on your chest and say, No bird will overrule what God has ordained for me. Can you imagine God has a a pre-recorded destiny for you and we allow a bird to come and destroy that? Devour that. The birds that came for this sacrifice, they were vultures. In fact, some scriptures call them vultures. So the vultures swooped down on it. There are some birds out there that all they are doing, they are looking for destinies to destroy and devour. Their aim today is to take us by surprise and see that we are not where we ought to be. You remember in Bible study we looked at 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. It says, be sober and alert. For our adversary the devil goes around like a what? roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him and stand firm in faith. See, the, 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 these, these vultures, they are just waiting. They are just lurking around. They are going around, flapping their wings around, looking for somebody. To steal your destiny. It's, it, it's amazing. That the animals were there all along. But the vultures didn't want them. But the moment. Abraham decides. To sacrifice unto God. To walk into his destiny. They come into the picture. In fact. Um, vultures as you know. They are birds of prey. Large birds of prey. There's a difference between a prey and a predator, 
right? A predator kill and eat. A prey eats what has been killed. Amen? Amen? So we are not praised, right? Amen, we are not praised. Come on. We pray, P-R-A-Y, but we are not P-R-E-Y praise. Amen? We are predators. We, we kill and eat. Amen? Thank you. Do, you. do you eat dead animals? I don't know. I don't I don't know about you. <laughs> but but um, vultures they do not kill other animals. Rather they eat the ones that are 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 already killed or that have died because they are prey, right? They feed on dead flesh. So that's why the scripture says he goes around like a world like seeking whom he may do what? What it means that when you are dead in sin, you are prime candidate to be eaten by the vultures. That's why sin is so dangerous. Because people in sin are dead. And so they can't fulfill destiny because the birds keep eating out their destinies. You have to be alive in Christ and be steadfast and sober and alert. So they feed on dead flesh. People don't like to see them. In fact, they can smell death in, from a distance. They, they're just somewhere around. We, in Jamaica, we call some of them John Crows. Have you ever seen one yet? Listen, if, if John Crows are on your house, something is wrong. Something is dead. Amen? I mean, nobody has a John Crow for a pet. There's a reason. They're, 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 they're not supposed to be, you're not supposed to be friendly with John Crows. Because the moment one turns up, it is indication that something is dead. So if John Crows are lingering around your life, something is dead. In, in your life. Come on, just put it on the HS and say, no John Crows around here. Some of you are saying that this message don't make no sense. It makes a lot of sense. We're going to get there, right? So vultures, they feed on others. And no one, ev- listen, even other animals don't eat vultures when they are dead. Like other animals don't try to kill and eat them. But there's just this thing inside of them that makes them know when something is about to die. Sin kills. It makes them know that there's sin circling that life. We need to draw near. Because something is about to go off. That person is about to get stinky in sin. And we can devour. Just like in a war, when a shot soldier is fighting his last breath to live, The vulture waits patiently for the person's death. They have sharp sight 
and high sense of smell. And so there are many physical objects that have spiritual counterparts. So spiritually, these birds are many things, are characters. Things are characters, are characteristics which seek to devour spiritual destinies in a life. So we're going to look at some of those characteristics. But remember what we need to do. We must chase them away to secure our destiny and our future. So as we go through these things, we must learn, listen, I need to chase this away from my life so that I can fulfill my destiny. So what are these birds? Let me give you their names. And I know you think like you have no junkers around you, but every junker has an next name. All right? So, junker number one. Some destinies have been devoured by the junker, or junker, junker, Jamaican say, junker. That is, that is, the Jamaican name say, junker. Right? The English say, the, the English is saying, John Crow. All right? Jamaican say, junker. All right. There's a, there's a John Crow called self. That's the first one. If self is in your life, you have a drunk or circling. You need to chase it away. All right, I'm glad that you have on your mask. Because you probably said, whoa, underneath that, you know, because and I can't see your face. But as some people are making some sacrifices to see God bless them, this bird is seriously fighting to make them a slave. Right? Do you know about this king called King Nebuchadnezzar? Write this down, Daniel chapter 4, 28 to 33. Daniel chapter 4, 28 to 33. Here's what self caused. Self made a king leave his throne by punishment and became an, an animal. The king became an animal. He left the palace to live in the field because of self. He left from a table with meat to eat in grass because of self. This is a king. It made an ex-king called Uzziah in 2 Chronicles 26, 16 to 23. Uzziah had many major achievements. But right after this, he became leprous because of self. In 2 Samuel chapter 6, from 16 to 23. It tells a story of a woman who basically mocked God out of self and her womb was closed permanently. That's what self does. We have to get rid of self. Self cannot bring you into your destiny. Self will sabotage your destiny. That is why we are encouraged to crucify the flesh. Crucify flesh. That's why Paul says, it is no longer I who live, but Christ. We have become so self-centered, self-focused. We have developed me-ism. And what that has caused, it has sabotaged many people of, of their destinies. Because we are more concerned about us 
that we are concerned about our destiny, our purpose. The second junk row that we're going to talk about is one called pride. And many destinies have been devoured by this drunk row called pride. In fact, I hear Christian says, I know I have this drunk in me. They say, I know I have some pride. But God is working on it. They say, I know a drunk is living inside of me called pride. Like, many believers take pride as a little light sin. In, in, in fact, the origin of almost every sin that you commit or omit will be based on two things. Pride and self. They all come back to pride or come back to self. Watch this. Show you how dangerous pride is. You know that there's an angel that became wingless because of pride? His name is Lucifer. That's in Ezekiel 28, 11 to 19. This angel was closer to God in terms of physical proximity than any of us. But yet, he was booted out of heaven. Because of pride. Do you know that a worm ate a king because of his pride? He just made a great speech full of pride. And immediately after that, King Herod was eaten by worm. That's in Acts chapter 12, 20 to 25. Write it down and read it when you go home. Acts 12, 20 to 25. There was a rich man who was called a fool by God because of pride in Luke 12, 13 to 21. So you see, angels got affected, kings got affected, the rich got affected because God is highly annoyed with this bird called pride. God punished an entire nation because of the pride of their king. The entire nation was punished in 2 Chronicles 32 verse 25 because the king was walking in pride. Proverbs 15.25 says the house of the proud are torn by God. Isaiah 2 verse 12 says, God has marked the days of the proud. Jeremiah 50 31 says, God is against the proud. Luke 1 51, he scatters the proud. James 4 verse 6 says, God opposes the proud. And he gives grace to the humble. Proverbs 11.2 says. Destruction follows the proud. Silence is not humility. And talking too much is not pride. Some of the people who say the least are the most prideful. 
So we normally associate silence and persons who are introverted as being humble. Some of the most prideful person. It is pride why they don't talk. Because they can't talk and not talk about themselves. So silence can be just hiding pride. So I'm not telling you that we we ought not to think about ourselves. Because pride is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. But we have to chase away this bird called pride. We have to chase away this bird called self. Some destiny has been devoured by this bird, this junkro called excess comfort. People love comfort. They'd rather have comfort than Jesus. Like if it is going to be difficult, that ain't for me. If I'm going to go through suffering, that is not for me. They rather comfort. The biggest decision you will have to make in your life is this. Will I choose my destiny or will I, or will I choose comfort? That, that's a question that we always... It will challenge you when you're doing school. It will challenge you at work. It will challenge where you live. It will challenge so many things. Do I want comfort or do I want my destiny? And most people always choose the life of comfort. Because we have been socialized and spiritualized to believe that the kingdom of God fixes everything. The kingdom of God does not exist to fix things. The kingdom of God exists to fix people. So the things that are bad around us are put around us to fix us. Not for them to be fixed. Are you hearing me? The thing you're trying to run out of was put there to fix you. It's not so that it can be fixed so you can have comfort. So it's time for us, if we want to pursue our destinies, to stop looking for comfort and look for the comforter. Because here's the thing. I can do without comfort if I have the comforter with me. I can ride out the storm if I have the comforter. I can walk through the fire if I have the comforter. What I need more than comfort is I need the comforter who is the Holy Spirit. It's the biggest decision you'll have to make. It will determine whether you come out of the relationship or you stand here. It will determine if you leave the job or you stand here. It will determine where you go to school and what you do. It will determine where you compromise or not. Because many people compromise for comfort. That is why Abraham knew this and answered the call to go in Genesis 12 from 1 to 4. It's an amazing story. Look at it again when you go home. Genesis 12, 1 to 4. Abraham had everything that he needed. His family was wealthy. He wasn't poor and God said to him, Abraham, come. I'm bringing you into a land. All that you see, you will get. And Abraham looked. And he says, oh, look at, whoa, I'm going to get all those grades of sand. Oh my God. <laughs> Woo, God, you must, God, this is 
good. I'm going to leave the house my father have, the cattle my father have, and God look at that you're giving me grains of sand. This is awesome. That's what he was promised. When he looked, that's all he saw. When he looked in front of him, all that was in front of him was grains of sand. And he had a choice. Do I stay in the comfort of my father's house? Or do I go off on my destiny in God? And he left the comfort and walked into his destiny. And today, he's called the father of faith. Because to go up, you have to give up. If you are going to go where God wants you to go, there's something that you have to give up to go there. Let me tell you how I know. Jesus Christ is the perfect example. Jesus Christ, to fulfill destiny, left the pearly gates, the street of gold, a place where there was worship morning and evening. And he left all of that, the comfort of heaven, to come to sinful earth, to fulfill destiny. Let me show you how this is. Well, you don't believe me? There's a story in Genesis 25. Well, it's more, but, but it, is, it is encapsulated in Genesis 25 from verse 32 to 34. It's about two brothers. One called Jacob and one called Esau. And Esau lived to regret the decision he made. You know why? His destiny was changed over a pot of food. A plate of food. And every time people read that, they laugh at Jacob. At Esau. Could that happen to you? Who in here would give up them destiny for a pot of stew peas? Put up your hand. Alright, I, I know that you're all smart people. So let me bring it to reality and then you'll realize that you're not so far from Esau. Have you ever gone on a date that you know you're not supposed to date the person and it turned out in a relationship? That's Esau life. You go out for the food and end up in a relationship. And you end up in a relationship that mess up your life for five years and set you back. One date turn into a relationship. Sometimes it's less than that. It's one phone card. A hundred dollar phone card to start a conversation. Turn into a relationship that causes you to abort your destiny. So at least Jacob there get some fresh stew with just bacon, cook and all of them things. They smell good from way down at the field. I mean some people go on a date at Burger King. It's, that's where it started. We look at the food. That's where it started. But that's not where it ended. The food was the beginning. You realize that? But after that, many things transpired until he got to the place where he lost his birthright. The thing is that the comfort of doing what is wrong sometimes causes many people to compromise. In other words, you know you're not supposed to go out with a man. But I said, let me just try and see. You know, come a friend, they must have been single a long time. That's what Jacob, Esau must have been saying. Listen, what, what, what could I really do? If we just eat the local food, what can happen? You think he thought his birthright would have been lost? You think he thought he was aborting the blessing? He wasn't. He thought, man, me hungry. 
And my brother you buy me some food. My God. Oh well. Pastor joke here. Me. That I Easter that couldn't happen to me. Alright, let me bring it to King David. King David saw a woman bathing. And get comforted and say, hey, you're bathing, come over. You look beautiful. Not, I mean, come on. What do you think could go wrong? Then she get pregnant. He say, here's the thing. Somebody have to die, you know. And it's not the baby. So, either you're going to trick your husband or we kill your husband. So the trick, she said trick. The trick never worked. So it ended up that the man got killed. You think David knew that all that was going to happen? You think he knew that Uriah would have to die? Do you think he knew that this child would, have to, would be dead? Do you think he knew that it would cause the kingdom to be split? Do you think he knew that he would have lost the throne from his family? Do you think he knew that Absalom would be riding his horse one day and because of the same thing, Absalom here catch up in some tree and him hung right there off his horse? You think David knew all of that? He didn't. But the comfort of the relationship kept him in it. Moving right along, moving right along, moving right along. The next bird is a bird called a life of disobedience. This bird works by a little deception. You know, disobedience has placed some people wrongfully today. The first parent were chased out of their happiness by this bird. Adam and Eve were chased because they, they couldn't obey God. And so they, they lost their place with God because of disobedience. You can't allow disobedience. To sabotage you fulfilling your destiny. Because there's nothing more tragic than to forfeit one destiny. Nothing. The worst thing that could ever happen to you is that you live your life and don't fulfill God's purpose on it. I want you to understand how serious this is. Let me just give you this quickly. Imagine a purchase, a Mercedes-Benz. Brand new 2022, the which March 20, March 20, 2022 version. I buy it and I put it, take it out of the parking lot, bring it to my house, and I leave it there. Spend, say, 10 million Jamaican dollars on it, as an example. It's right there. Never drive it, I license it, I insure it, I get it registered. And for 20 years I do that, but I never drive it. What would you think of me? You, 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 you'd, say, you'd, you'd say this money, I'm a madman and you have money for waste, don't it? If I built a house, a mansion in the hills or a mansion on the sands, beachside, nicely built, and then I never live in it, but I pay the taxes for it. Every year I have it painted. You'd think like, he has money to waste, or he's an idiot, or a madman, amen, or he's possessed by some demon, because a real person could not operate that way. 
Let me put it to us this morning. A real person really can operate that way. Imagine you are living your life, right? Putting on all the makeup, buying all the fancy clothes, and not doing what you're supposed to do with it. We are no better than the person who buy the car and don't drive it. I want you to think about that. When you live your life and don't fulfill your destiny, it's like buying that car and taking care of the car without driving it. You're doing everything. You're educating yourself for no purpose. You get married, no purpose. You're having children, no purpose. You're doing everything that everybody else is doing, but you're not doing the one thing that God purposed you to do. You can imagine I start cooking the car. Brand new car. I start cooking it. I, I buy a washing machine and I put it and I start washing it. You can imagine I get some um, chicken and put some mesh in there and start raising some chicken in it. And I slaughter them in it. I'm doing a lot of things with the car. But guess what? What the car is supposed to do, I'm not doing it with it. Do you know there are a lot of persons doing many things with their lives? But they are not doing with their lives what they ought to be doing. I would say to you, you're not wiser than me using my Benz or a Folko. Some destinies have been devoured by the John Crow or the bird called Immoral Living. Uh, this, this, this bird is flying so high, always similarly a dead animal. Um, this bird has swallowed up many destinies. It made a prince lose his position for defiling his father's couch. That's Reuben. It made a nation to be attacked by the enemy after many years of trial. That's Israel. The nation Israel during Balaam and Balak episode. You know what happened? They, 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 for them to curse the children, they had to cause sin. They brought in immoral living so that the children could be an accursed. When you, when, 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 when you begin to live immoral, what happens is that you can't fulfill your destiny. It made a warrior to die with his enemy. That's Samson. And the Samson story is a story that fascinates me. Samson knew that the whole purpose of Delilah. He told Delilah, he said, Delilah, I know that you're trying to find out what my strength is so you can get them to kill me. Delilah, I know that you're trying to do, you know. And he said, Delilah, why why you try to do that, man? You know, say, I know, say, I do that already. Stop doing it now. Scripture said, because she constantly did him. Say, all right, all right, all right. You know, I'm going to tell her because we can't bother with you no more. See what happened to Samson? Delilah was offering, people missed this. You You missed the whole truth of it. That what Delilah was doing for Samson in bed and in their relationship was so good. That he was willing to take that continually and abort his destiny. Let me break it. I need to sit down on a chair to talk to some of you. We can't get a chair with an X card, it's right. I need to help some of you. Some of you are in some relationships that guess what? You all tell people, some, I know him not love me, you know, but I not left him. So, so why are you with him? Boy, I mean, I know, you know. But I mean, I'm going nowhere. 
Yeah, me know, me know, same a practice immorality, but everybody do it. So we make him a treat yourself, but so everybody not get bad treatment. You think Samson fool fool? I want you to think about it. Many of us said, Samson, how could you be so foolish to know that Delilah wanted to do that? Listen, one of the biggest issues that about people's destiny is the Delilah that you're in a relationship with. Because you have female Delilah and you have some male Delilah. I, I don't call them Delilah, you know. I call them Delilah. In other words, you are living a lie with them and you rather live the lie than pursue your God-given destiny. Amen? Come on, come on, come on. Just, just put your hand on your chest and say, that bird don't have no part in my life. Alright, we, we, we're going close, right? We have around five minutes left. See, there's a department in the kingdom of darkness known as Destiny Manipulator. And just as Herod was seeking to kill Jesus and massacre little ones, or fear a massacre, little doctors and engineers in the making, um, hope of the nation, Moses surfaced, the hope of the nation before Moses surfaced, are the ways they work to trap people. So they work to trap people by manipulating they will do anything and everything to get you to not become who you want to be and who God wants you to be. In other words, these guys would rather everybody die than one person live to fulfill the destiny. They will attack your family. They will enter your marriage. Your bit, all of these things because you're trying to. So, so I want to help you this morning with two things. How to get the victory and to understand the three st- primary strategies that these birds use against us, right? The first strategy the birds use against us is our own ignorance. And I know they have told you that what you don't know can hurt you. That's a lie from the pit of hell. It is the things that you don't know that are the greatest danger to you. All right? So what they try to do is to make you not recognize why God has brought you here. Who are you? You're a nobody. You can't do nothing. You're all of this and stuff like that. Listen, the scripture says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Right? Ignorance of our destiny brings suffering. When you don't know the purpose of your life, you're going to suffer. You must know why you are here on earth. You must know what God has purposed for you in this life. The second thing that they use, these birds will use manipulation to destroy our destiny. They try to, to rob us. And here's the thing, Joshua speaks about this and in, in, in Joshua 9.23 about we becoming hewers of wood and jaws of water. And that is when we come under a curse. How do we come under the curse? The same thing that happened to Israel during the time of Balaam and Balak. Manipulation. They will promise one thing on the front end, but you don't realize it's a way of getting you into immorality. And when you get into immorality, you come under a curse. And you have been manipulated. So you have to understand that the birds are trying to manipulate you to make you believe that it is 
peace and safety. To make you believe that comfort is important over your character. To make you believe that everything is okay. To make you believe that God could have nothing more than what you're experiencing for you. And here's the thing, the manipulation starts. And before you know it, you're all sold out. To the wrong thing. And you miss out on your destiny. Another strategy these birds use is delusion. And this is accomplished through deceiving and misleading us. They tell you some things that don't go so. You start believing it. All kind of wrong information. And this will leave us being confused and directionless. So if you don't know what God has for you, these spiritual vultures will scatter your sacrifice and they will rob you of your destiny. When that happens, servants will then take up your horse and you will begin to walk on the ground. So, pastor, how do we get the victory over these birds? Maybe you have pride issues or self-issues or maybe there's immoral living. Maybe there's a life of disobedience, whatever it is. You can have the victory over the birds. There are seven things they need to do quickly. Number one, decide for God. Decide for God today. Decide for God to lead you today. Make a decision and say, God, you know what? I'm not going to be led by pride. I'm not going to be led by self. I'm not going to be led um, by disobedient living. I'm going to be led by you, Lord God. Lead me, God. Wherever you lead, I will follow. Make a decision today that come what may, I'm going to choose my destiny over comfort. I'm going to choose Christ over everything. I want the comforter. I want Jesus. So make a decision today to be led by God. Secondly, you ask God to reveal your true self to you. God, share with me. Who am I, God? I'm more than just a name. I'm more than just the person that they see in church, the person they see at work. Who am I? Meaning, God, what is the purpose of my existence? What is the purpose of my creation? God, why am I here? The fourth thing is that you have to disconnect from anything that annoys God. This is going to be hard for you because there are some things in our lives that you need to cut off. You ever hear, you know, the Bible says that you need to um, pluck it out, you need to cut it off. There are certain things that you have to, you have to make a conscious decision that this thing annoys God. So I need to disconnect from it. I need to cut it off. Number five, you have to stand for God always. No matter what, stand for Jesus. And even if you stand alone, stand for God. Stand up for Jesus. I know it's not easy, but you have to stand for him. Number six, always walk in total holiness and integrity. Do you know every time you say hi, it is holiness and integrity? Hi, holiness and integrity. Declare it, hi, holiness and integrity. Listen, holiness and integrity. Live your life in holiness and in integrity. What, 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 it, what is in, what, what, being holy is very simple. It's, being holy is not hard, church. Based on my past experience, my present circumstances, my future expectation, what is the wisest thing to do? 
Let me say it for you again. You want to live holy based on my past experience. So here's the thing. If you know that back in the days you used to flirt, your past experience, your present circumstances is that you're married, your future expectation is one you, you want to have a long-lasting marriage, you see when you see people of the opposite sex passing, you shut up your eye. That, that's you. That's you. That's, that's for you. That's for not, because your issue was flirting. You understand? You, you, just, you just shut up your eye. And sometimes you just shut up your mouth. You see, you see if your issue was stealing, based on your past experience, your present circumstance, is that what you know? You have kids, and you don't want to go to jail and leave them. Your future expectation is why you be around for your grandkids. You see, you see, they give you a job, and you have to count people money. You don't take it. You go through the suffering. You understand? If, if your past experience is that when you start drink, you cannot stop till you're drunk. You have to floss and endorse until you end drunk. Right? Your present circumstances is that if you get drunk, you are going to lose your job. And you want to keep your job so you can pay off your mortgage. You swing us to the bar, you turn your car around, and you're going in the next direction. That is holiness. Based on your past experience, your present circumstances, your future expectation, what is the wisest thing to do? You see, if your past experience is that, when you have a credit card, you buy where you don't want to impress people that you don't like with money that is not yours. Your present circumstances, is it that you're trying to be debt free? And you want to have your own money in the future? You get rid of your credit card. When the bank call you, you say wrong number. You just say to them, Sir, that is not me. That is the past me and the present me. And credit card don't go in the same sentence. That is holiness. If you like to shop till you drop, listen, take off the internet so you don't have to go online. I'm telling you, when you hear sale, you sale home. You don't go to the store. So you walk in total holiness and integrity. Finally, make heaven your goal. Like, where am I headed? I am headed to heaven. So, because of where I'm going, I know what I'm supposed to take. I know what I'm supposed to look like. And I know who can come with me. So you think, I'm going to heaven. Pastor, where are you going? You can join. You see, when I go to heaven, wrong boss. You, you can't travel with me. If we're going into two different places, you can't travel with me. So where I'm going will determine who is following me and who is traveling with me. You see, when I'm going to the beach, I don't know about you. But when I'm going to the beach, I bring towel, bathing, well, bathing suit, and they were telling me this morning about sunblock. I go to the beach to get sun, not to block sun. Alright, so I'm going to the beach so when you see me, you can tell where I'm going. But when you look at the things that I'm taking along with me, you can tell if I'm going to the supermarket or if I'm going to the beach, right? If I'm going to heaven, you should be able to look at me and know where I'm going. Amen? 
I'm, I'm telling you. You see, when I'm going to the supermarket, I never carry my towel. And I don't wear my bathing suit I carry. I, I, now you have to carry bags. I carry shopping bags. So when you see me, you're saying, you're going to the supermarket? And I say, yes. All right? Here's the other thing about going to heaven. You see, wherever you are going, you're always trying to find out about the place. So that when you get to the place, you can, what do you call it? Acclimatize. You know what I mean? You just get, you just, you, it's like you're, you know, you don't want to go to New York in the winter and bring your shorts and your t-shirt. You're going to come back to Jamaica faster than you got to New York. You understand me? You want to make sure that, you understand me? You bring, you, you bring off, you know, your, your, your cousin jacket and you understand me and you, you buy your Timberlands and you bring woolly for socks and the people over there say, listen, when you come in, listen, make sure you put on two shirts. You understand me? You put on a marina. You put on like five boxers because it's cold over here, papa. You understand me? You make a put on, make, a, make sure the shoes bigger than your foot and you fully top of beer socks. You understand me? Because them look at Sunday thing. You can't, you can't do that. So when Jamaica is going to play in the place they call it Azteca in Mexico, they say it high altitude. So what they do, they bring the Jamaican team to like places like Denver, Colorado to get used to high altitude weather. So when they go to play in Mexico in the Azteca, there is no problems. They are used to it. In other words, if you're going to heaven, you need to find out what heaven is like so you can go and practice it right now. So when you get there, you're acclimatized to heaven. So you know why I'm in church? I'm practicing for heaven. You know why I worship God? I'm practicing for where I am going. You know why, why I bow down and worship him? I'm practicing for where I am going. So by our practice, people can tell where we are going. My question to you is that, are you practicing for heaven? Or are you practicing for hell? (laughs) Make heaven your goal. Amen. Come on, clap your hands for Jesus. Listen, I want to pray for you this morning. Listen, come on, just every head bowed and eye closed. I want to pray for you this morning. Listen, there are many of you here. There's such great potential on your life. There's greatness on your life. And you know, God knows, and even your friends know, that you're not doing half of what you're supposed to be doing. You have gotten comfortable with your present life. But you know that there is way more that you should be doing. You know that you're not fulfilling God's calling on your life. You're not walking in your destiny. You're not walking in your purpose. You know that there's more that God demands of you. Maybe self is holding you back. That bird self is lingering around. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's immoral living. Maybe it's excess comfort. I don't know what it is, but something has been holding you back. Maybe it's a life of disobedience. But this morning, as God has spoken to us, you are here and you you just know that listen I need to get rid of these birds these vultures flying around my life and I need to walk 
in my destiny and fulfill God's purpose on my life. No more excuses. I'm willing to give up so that I can go up. If any man desires to come after me, let him deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow after me. I shared with the first service this morning that that when I decided to come into full-time ministry, I had, I had many opportunities. Very good opportunities. I was about to be a manager. And, and when, I, when, I, when I came to the church, initially in youth ministry, I came to volunteer my time, full-time, because I was denied the opportunity to go to summer youth camps. And I look at where I would have been if God had not commissioned me to his work. And at the moment, those things look way better than the option of church and God's kingdom. But when I look back and then I look to what is happening today, I have no regrets. Because so many things have crumbled and so many things have failed. But here's what has happened. I have grown and I've become a better person. When the other options that I had today, I would not want to be in those places and in those things because they have all declined. And there's one thing the pandemic has shown us is that the comforts you have today could be gone tomorrow. But the comforter will always be there because he promised to never leave nor forsake you. What are you willing to give up so you can live out and fulfill God's destiny on your life in the arms of the comforter? I want to pray for you this morning. If you say, Pastor, I know that there's more for me. I know that there's a destiny for me to fulfill, a purpose for me to fulfill, a preordained plan of God for my life. But these birds... But I'm committed this morning to driving them away. To chasing them away. So I can fulfill God's call. I'm ready to make this decision for him. I'm ready to find the birds away. I'm ready to stand for holiness. I'm ready to walk in integrity and holiness. I am ready. If that's you, I want you to stand to your feet. I want to pray for you this morning. That by the spirit of God, you will fulfill the greatness that is earmarked for you by the king of glory himself the lord jesus christ that whatever he calls you to whatever he calls you to be whatever he calls you to do you will fulfill that you won't be like that car that is purchased and never fulfill its purpose but when he comes to the end of your life the lord god almighty will look at you and say well done good and faithful servant in other words you would have used up everything that God deposited in you. Maybe you're doing everything else except the thing that God has called you to do. Come on, just lift your hand with me as a sign of surrender. In fact, there are some of you here this morning that listen, there was a time when you were fulfilling it. But just because life got uncomfortable, you just had to venture into some comfort. God wants to assure you that he will comfort you. 
want you to receive that. I don't know who that is for her, but that's for someone. Come on, your hands lifted. Heavenly Father, thank you for every person who have stood up in obedience to you speaking to their hearts. It's not Pastor Omar talking to them. Spirit of the living God, you're working on the hearts of your people. Even challenging me to deeper things and greater things for you. Not the same mundane, everyday thing. Because God, there's a destiny written and recorded in heaven concerning our lives. And no bird, no devil will not sabotage or abort that in the name of Jesus. So I pray for right now, Lord God, for every person with their hands lifted, that God, that they will make a decision today to be led by you, not by self, not by pride or excess comfort or life of disobedience or immoral living, but that they'll be led by you. I pray that they will walk in integrity and holiness. I pray that they'll stand for you no matter what, even if they stand alone. Because you promised you'd never leave them nor forsake them. I break every curse on your lives in the name of Jesus. We cancel every evil work against them in the name of Jesus. We declare that from the crown of their heads to the sole of their feet, they are covered in the blood of the Lamb of God. We chase away every bird, every vulture that comes to steal and destroy our destiny. The bird of pride, the bird of self, the bird of excess comfort, the bird of immoral living. The bird of life of disobedience. We, we chase them away in the name of Jesus. We will not be manipulated. We will not be deceived by the ways and the, the strategies of the bird. We will not walk in ignorance in the name of Jesus. We will know the truth and the truth shall set us free in the name of Jesus. Come with your hands lifted, just lift your hand and say, Lord, reveal my true self to me. Just say, Lord, I will not be deceived. I will not be manipulated in the name of Jesus. Come on, just begin to chase it. I chase away the bird of pride out of my life and over my life in the name of Jesus I chase away the bird of self out of my life and over my life in the name of Jesus I chase away the bird of excess comfort over my life and out of my life in the name of Jesus I chase away the bird of immoral living out of my life and over my life in the name of Jesus. I chase away the bird of a life of disobedience out of my life 
and over my life in the name of Jesus. I will fulfill my God-given destiny in the name of Jesus. No devil, no demon can abort it or sabotage it in the name of Jesus. Thank you for freedom. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Come and clap your hands for Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. Listen. Let me just say this one thing to you, right? I remember how I ended up in Ocheris. I want to share this with you because it's very important. And so I ended up here to train some people. To train some people to do work to go back to Kingston. And I came down here with um, with one bag because I was supposed to go back up on the weekend. That's how I came to Ocheris. Not to stay in Ocheris. In fact, many people will tell you that I didn't even like Ocheris. I, I had no desire to live down here. I just thought it was bush and real. I, I just never had any desire. Right? But long before I got here, my mentor was here. And then a few years before that, I'd come to Island Village to do the concert over there. And during that same time, I was doing all of these concerts all across Jamaica when the gospel artists were being saved. Never knowing that one of the places that I would end up being is Ocheris. It was a very tough decision because at this time I'd finished school and you know just bought an apartment like the first thing bought an apartment, just got in a car and had furniture and everything in there. And I remember I left everything, every single thing, when I came down here. Right? Had some losses, many things. And during that time, I remember my mother dying and everything that I had saved. Everything was used up during her sickness and, and the funeral because she went through some times of sickness and the church stood with me during that time. I never knew that God would want me here preparing me for what would happen in the next season of my life. But I, as I was faithful to give up some things, everything that I have given up, I've gotten back and even more. The point I want to make to you this morning or this afternoon as you leave is that there's no one who has given up mother or father, brother, sister, houses or car in this life of God. The scripture says that they will get it back and even more in this life and in the life to come. Don't let anything in this life deny you of fulfilling God's destiny on your life. It's better to fulfill your destiny and be poor than to be rich and not have purpose. Amen. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your week. Uh, we see you Wednesday at Bible study. Amen. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the day. I mean, the books are on the outside. Um, go and get a copy. Amen.